Being a man involves taking some risks, stepping up, being courageous, leading, initiating. Here's Dennis Rainey. What if I failed every time I've initiated? Well, the easiest thing to do is nothing and stop initiating. The reason we fail to initiate is we may have trained our wives to just jump in and do it for us because we haven't stepped up and taken responsibility for our finances, for the spiritual well-being of our family, for the direction we're headed as a couple. All of these demand initiative from a man who knows where he's going. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. We're going to begin today to unpack some of the essentials that make up biblical manhood. Stay with us. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us. Do you think men know what it is? they're looking for, they're aiming for? I mean, do do you think they understand what manhood looks like? No, I I don't. In fact, I I think there's so much taking place in our culture today. It's like real manhood, uh, as God designed a man to be, is uh, an elusive goal at best. And for most, they have no, they haven't even got the foggiest idea what that looks like. Well, and I remember, and this will date me a little bit, but I remember trying to figure it out myself and thinking, okay, so is a real man, the tough John Wayne Rambo, you don't share your feelings, you just go out and get it done. Is that a real man? Don't eat quiche. Yeah. Or is a real man a sensitive, caring kind of person who's tender and who, who is kind and who pays attention and listens to the heart of his wife, and is that a real man? You know, we we get such mixed messages in the culture that I think a lot of guys are looking around going, I want to be a man. I'm just not exactly sure what that means. Well, I don't often quote from um, advertisers, especially advertisers that advertise jeans as an authority. Yes. But I ran across an advertisement for Dockers Jeans where I just felt like they nailed it. In now, hang fact, on. I'm wearing Dockers right now. Are you? Okay, are you? Yeah, well, this is a good <laughs> ad for Dockers jeans. But I want you to listen to this because this appeared in a in an advertisement for their jeans. And you tell me if you don't feel like they nailed it. Once upon a time, men wore the pants and wore them well. Women rarely had to open doors. And little old ladies never had to cross the street alone. Men took charge because that's what they did. But somewhere along the way, the world decided it no longer needed men. Disco by disco, latte by foamy non-fat latte. (laughs) (laughs) Men were stripped of their khakis and left stranded on the road between boyhood and androgyny. But today, there are questions our genderless society has no answers for. Now, I, I'm going to finish this, Bob, but can you believe this is this is for, for jeans? <laughs> now, I know Dockers makes other things, too, right. but this is advertising their jeans. They continue, the world sits idly by as cities crumble, children misbehave, and those little old ladies remain on one side of the street. For the first time since bad guys, we need heroes. 
We need grown-ups. We need men to put down the plastic fork, step away from the salad bar, and untie the world from the tracks of complacency. It's time to get your hands dirty. It's time to answer the call of manhood. It's time to wear the pants. Talk about politically incorrect. They've been reading your book, haven't they? (laughs) You know, here's what they're saying. And and again, an advertisement is not my authority. I'm about to go to Scripture. But they're, they're picking up on the theme of Scripture that there's a lot about manhood that is all about a man taking initiative. Manhood is about initiative. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14 talks about standing firm in the faith, acting like men, be a man, it says. In uh, 1 Kings chapter 2, David's about to die. He charges his, his son Solomon. He says, show yourself a man and keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways, keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, his testimonies. I mean, he's calling his son up. Be a man. Mm -hmm. Step up, son. Don't fritter away your manhood on lesser callings. And yet, this culture is sending messages to boys that make the waters incredibly murky. And if there is someone that needs to be clarifying what it means to be um, a real man today, it ought to be followers of Jesus Christ who are tethered to the Scripture. So you you would say the Scriptures give us a clear picture of what mature manhood is. Right. Okay, so unpack it for us. Well, first of all, let me tell you what it isn't. It's not passivity. It's been suggested in the garden in Genesis chapter 3 that when uh, the serpent came to Eve that uh, Adam uh, was standing there. Adam was present, but he did nothing. And it has been suggested that perhaps the first sin of man was passivity. Um, and if you think about it, if, if initiative is the essence of manhood, could it be that the sin of arrogance and pride of doing nothing and just standing back watching may be the opposite? I, I think there are three reasons. Actually, I'm going to give you a bonus reason, four reasons why men are passive today. They don't take the initiative. First of all, taking the initiative is hard work, and I'm tired. It's the end of the day. I don't feel like leaving my family in uh, a devotion at the dinner table. I don't feel like putting the kids to bed and serving my wife by helping the kids uh, uh, be tucked in and praying with them. The easiest thing for me to do is to sit in my easy chair and become a giant amoeba and just do nothing. It is hard work to lead. And being a man calls us out of our passivity, out of doing nothing, into engagement, into serving, into helping others and uh, shouldering the burden with them. It's not just the end of the day when it's hard work. I mean, the beginning of the day, just heading off to work. There are a lot of guys who are checked out of manhood at the very beginning of the day because frankly as you've said it's taking initiative that means you got to step up you got to take some responsibility you got to go to work and right. a lot of guys are going who wants to do that and if you want to be a man it's going to include pain cuz i promise you to deny yourself and to abandon yourself to serve others 
will involve self-denial, and that does involve pain. And no, I don't like pain. My flesh doesn't like uh, not getting its own way. But that is a part of being a man. Remember uh, Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45, uh, the disciples came to Jesus and asked how to be great. And he basically said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. I think that's the essence of manhood, serving others, giving up your life for another. Another way men fail to take the initiative is they say, I don't know how. I don't know what it means to initiate. I didn't have a father who did. The, the, uh, the slate is, is blank. And so they use that as an excuse. And I would say to a man who, who didn't have a father either present or who didn't have a father who demonstrated this, find a man who does. Mm. Go and find a man who practically uh, illustrate and coach you in what that looks like, like uh, interviewing your daughter's dates. You've never perhaps thought of interviewing your daughter's dates. Well, you know what? There are men who can train you in how to do that. There are books that are written in how to do that (laughs) to show you how to be a man and how to initiate and how to step into a fearful place and be the man. A third reason why men don't take the initiative is it means I might fail. What if I failed every time I've initiated or my wife has made me feel like a failure every time I've initiated? Well, the easiest thing to do is nothing, and stop initiating. And that really leads me to the fourth one. Our wives can do it for us. Hmm. The reason we fail to initiate is we may have trained our wives to just jump in and do it for us because we haven't stepped up and taken responsibility for our finances, for the spiritual well-being of our family, for the direction we're headed as a couple. Um, All of these demand initiative from a man who knows where he's going. We back off. We, we don't assume responsibility. And, and a wife who looks around and says the job's not getting done and starts to feel fear, she'll step in and do it. That's what you're saying. That's right. So the opposite is also true, Bob. Instead of being passive, we initiate. What's one of the things we can initiate as a real man? Well, we've taken uh, surveys of more than 100,000 people in local churches around the country. And one of the top issues women are looking to their husbands to provide is spiritual leadership of their marriages and their families. And one of the ways a man can assume responsibility and take initiative for leading his wife spiritually is to begin to pray with her every day. We've talked about this on Family Life Today Numerous times, I feel like it's one of my life messages. Barbara and I prayed together last night. It was a short prayer. We were both exhausted because of travel. In our case, we have uh, 17 grandchildren now. We just have the birth of uh, a new little one, Alice Pearl. Hmm. And so Barbara and I prayed for her last night as we went to bed. Um, you know, it's it brings a couple together to bow before Almighty God and to yield to Him afresh, whether it's at the end of the day, the beginning of the day, or whether you do it numerous times during the day. Recently, I ran into a guy who um, was in a meeting about five years ago where I challenged men to pray with their wives. And I had no way of knowing this, but uh, this guy was sleeping in a different bedroom than his wife was. Mm. Their marriage was on the rocks, and it was in trouble. And he decided, you know what? I'll go back home, 
and try this. Nothing else is working. I'll see if I can't begin to pray with my wife. And so they begin to pray about their hurts, their frustrations. They begin to go to Almighty God with their needs. And it wasn't the total solution to their marital problems, but it did begin to move them onto the same page, spiritually speaking, so that as a couple, they could begin to yield themselves on other issues that they were facing in their marriage relationship. And let me just read what he said. I included it in the book. He said, as we we learned learned to to love love and respect respect each other, our sex life has grown into a beautiful expression of our love and is more satisfying than ever. Our walk with God has grown deeper, individually and as a couple. Our lives seem to be connected on a spiritual level as never before. As with any marriage, problems still arise, but now we feel equipped to deal with the issues in a positive way. You know, this morning I read in John 4 about Jesus' uh, interaction with the woman at the well. He made a phenomenal claim. He said, I want to give you water that's living water. If you take a drink from me, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. You'll never thirst again. Never thirst again. And the woman was astounded by this man who told her about her past and, and seemed to love her and speak genuinely kind to her. And at one point, she talked about the Messiah, and he said, I who speak to you am he. Well, you know what? Praying together is all about coming to the Messiah, Jesus Christ, coming to him over and over and over again to get a drink of the living water. And if you drink from Jesus Christ, out of your life will flow rivers, it says, of living water. And if you picture a husband leaving his wife spiritually, that means that stream can be rich and deep and and crystal clear and pure. And it means a man can truly love his wife in a whole new level. Bob, I think a lot of men um, don't love and lead their wives spiritually because they don't know how. They've never had anyone challenge them to do it. And it's as if right now I'm on these steps of manhood and I'm reaching down to a guy who may be straddling manhood and adolescence. At least in the area of this kind of spiritual leadership you're talking about. Right. May not be taking the initiative. And I'm reaching down and saying, come on. Turn your back on adolescence. Turn your life away from excuses. Step up and become the man God made you to be, loving and leading your wife spiritually. Don't you think, though, that there are men who are intimidated in this area because they they know their own spiritual nature? I mean, they, they think if you're going to lead somebody spiritually, you have to be, well, you got to be ahead of them. And a lot of guys look at their wives and they go, you know what, spiritually, she's ahead of me. I mean, she's got time to go to Bible study fellowship or precept classes. She's she's doing more quiet time. I mean, how do I lead her when she's the one who's farther down the path than I am? Well, if, if you are not involved, I'm speaking now to this man, not to you, Bob, but if if you're this guy that Bob's talking about, You've got to find a Bible study with a group of men 
that are absolutely being ruthlessly honest about their own lives and digging into the scriptures to find out how to really become all that God created you to be. Um, There's a lot of guys today who are not engaged in any kind of a Bible study. I was with a a man here recently, and I looked him in the eye, and I said, tell me what's going on in your your life spiritually. And it was a blank look. Mm -hmm. Every area of his life is full with business, family, other issues with his life, recreation. Spiritually speaking, there's no food. There's just no margin for that. He says, if I'm going to keep the business going and the family demands, I just, I mean, I hear you saying getting a Bible study with other guys. I've been in a couple of those, and it, it kind of, you know, it, it didn't feel great, and I, I just don't have the margin for it. Well, you got to create the margin for it because if you don't, um, this is this is the margin you create to live. It's back to the illustration of Jesus being the one who claimed to be the living waters. If you don't have time to study about him and his claims about life and how you as a man ought to live, then how are you going to how are you going to know how to live as a man? How are you going to know what what God expects of, of you? I mean, it, it's instructive to me that as David is dying, when he turns to his son Solomon, it's primarily focused upon the the scripture it's it's char- he's charging solomon follow the law obey the scriptures do all that god has commanded you to do today why cuz he said you're going to find life he didn't say you'll find the 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 living water but it might as well be written there that's what he's talking about and so the question for men today is where are you going to find out about life and if you're just punching the clock and doing your 40, 50, 60 hours a week of work and not taking time to grow spiritually, there's some warnings in the Bible about the man who is not into the meat of the Word. He's not digging into the Scriptures and finding out how it applies to where he is today, to the choices he's making, and to his responsibilities as a man, husband, father, maybe a single guy needs to find out, what does God expect from me today? And, and by the way, Bob, there is nothing magical, mystical, or spiritual that is going to automatically make you a man of God when you get married to all of a sudden start leading your wife spiritually. In other words, now is the day to begin tracking with other men and growing spiritually with them as a single young man. If you want to know how to love, lead, care for, provide, and and uh, nurture your wife and cherish her and provide protection for your family, um, you need to get busy today as a single man, practicing those spiritual disciplines of getting in in in, in a Bible study, of daily prayer, of um, uh, growing spiritually as a young man, marriage will not make you a man. Okay, so the the guy who says, all right, I'm in a Bible study. I am growing. I'm reading my Bible. I'm I'm having a quiet time, but I still feel intimidated with the thought of coming to my wife and saying, let's... uh, Let's read this together, or let's pray. And and I think part of the intimidation is she knows the real me. She's she's seen my feet of clay, and for me to come and say, "Well, let's uh, let's pray together," she's going to think, "Oh, how come you're all of a sudden so spiritual? You who I just saw being carnal thirty minutes ago, yelling at at our kids." Yeah. Okay, so we fail. Who doesn't fail? 
we're not all living out this this perfect uh, cookie-cutter lifestyle of being these perfect little Christians. And if we're speaking to a wife here who tends to be focused on what her husband does wrong, why don't you try catching him doing what's right? Why don't you, the next time he does something to attempt to lead your family spiritually, say, sweetheart, that was fantastic. It may have only been prayer at the dinner table. But you know what? He stepped up and stepped out and provided some spiritual leadership of his family. And so rather than doing it for him as a wife, instead, catch him doing it right and cheer him on and don't always be focusing on where he's failed. You think this issue of a man providing spiritual leadership is central to being fully on that manhood step, to, to really embracing what God's called us to be as men. I do, Bob. And, and the reason is, as men who are standing on this manhood step, looking down to our sons who are at various stages of growth, stepping up themselves, they're locked onto our lives like little radar units, picking up what we're about, what our values are, what our priorities uh, are, and uh, who we are as men, what we're attempting to be and how we're attempting to lead is caught by by our sons. One of my favorite poems that was shared here on Family Life Today a number of years ago by uh, Coach John Wooden um, was actually a poem that was given to Coach Wooden, and um, it just reminds us of how powerful a man's model can be to his family. Well, the poem you're thinking of was given to me um, when my son was born in 1936, and uh, I'd finished a project for Harcourt Bracing Company, and uh, they sent me a picture with a man uh, walking along the seashore and his little son is walk, trying to step in his footsteps just behind him before the wind uh, brushes him away. And uh, there were some lines along the side that said, uh, a careful man I must always be, a little fellow follows me. I know I dare not go astray for fear he'll go the self same way. I cannot once escape his eyes Whate'er he sees me do, he tries. Like me, he says he's going to be, this little chap who follows me. He thinks that I am good and fine, believes in every word of mine. The base in me he must not see, this little chap who follows me. I must be careful as I go through summer's sun and winter's snow, because I am building for the years to be, this little chap who follows me. Bob, as men, it is better for us to fail in an attempt of leading our wives spiritually than doing nothing. Perhaps the greatest and most courageous thing a man who is listening to this broadcast will ever do will be to take his wife's hand and say, I want to lead you in prayer, or I want us to pray together as a couple. These are not minor deals. When a couple bow before Almighty God, their souls can be knit together by the one who made them. Mm. It's worth it. Just like David's charge to Solomon, be the man. Show yourself strong. Obey God. Yeah. And I think a lot of guys miss the fact that 
our walk with God and our spiritual leadership is is central to stepping up. You know, they they look at kind of the machismo of the culture and they say, well, okay, being a man is uh, is all about physical strength or it's all about daring or courage or heroism. And and we would agree with a lot of those things, but at the core. You got to be God's man. Right. You, you got to be a man who is in pursuit of uh, of a right relationship with God in Christ, and who is leading others in that direction. Otherwise, it's all about self. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm hopeful that many of our listeners are going to call us this week or go online at familylifetoday.com to get a copy of your new book. It's called "Stepping Up: A Call to Courageous Manhood." And you can request a copy this week if you help with a donation to support Family Life Today. We are listener-supported. Those donations are what keep us on this station and on our network of stations all across the country. And so this week, if you make a donation, we want you to feel free to request a copy of the new book, Stepping Up, by Dennis Rainey. The book is not currently available in stores or on Amazon, so if you're interested in a copy, You'll need to contact us, and if you're interested in multiple copies for a a men's study or a group study, uh, you can contact us, and we can let you know how you can purchase additional copies. But if you make a donation this week, online at familylifetoday.com, just type the word STEP UP into the online key code box, and when we see that, we'll know to send you a copy of Dennis's new book, or call 1-800-FL-TODAY, 1-800-358-6329. It's 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. And uh, when you make a donation, just ask for a copy of Dennis's new book, Stepping Up, and we'll send it out to you. Now, tomorrow, when we come back, we're going to talk more about the characteristics of authentic biblical masculinity. That's coming up tomorrow, and I hope you can be here. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, and our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We will see you back next time for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow. I married my best friend. When did he become my enemy? Marriage. Does it ever seem like the tables got turned on you? I'm committed to him. It's just that we aren't very nice to each other anymore. I hate it when our disagreements degenerate into all-out verbal brawls. He lobs me this perfect setup, and I can't resist insulting him. Yeah, words can hurt worse than a fist. Unfortunately, turning the other cheek can be really tough. Like it or not, the best testing ground for godly conflict resolution is your marriage. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9 challenge us to live in harmony with one another, not to repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but instead to give a blessing. Ask God to remind you of that the next time harsh words start flying in your home. I resolve with God's help, God's help to, to be, be quick, quick to listen, slow to speak, speak and slow to anger. Brought to you by Family Life Today and Weekend to Remember, love like you mean it.